Anurag Kapoor is the quintessential restless entrepreneur. So much so that when we recorded this conversation, he spoke about two startups that he was simultaneously a part of. And by the time I got around to editing this chat and publishing it, he has started another new chapter in life. Anurag is now head solutions and pre-sales at Ixula. In this episode, we spoke about his journey from Wipro to the multiple startups he's been involved with. Anurag had some wonderful insights about the entrepreneurial life, challenges in moving from a safe corporate life to being on your own, the thrill of it, as well as the depths you'd plunge to. I know people who eat or drink or binge watch TV shows when they're down. You'll be amazed to find out what Anurag does. So go on and listen to this fascinating chat with Anurag Kapoor. Welcome, Anurag. Welcome to uh, Career Checkpoint. Hey, thank you. Thanks. Uh, pleasure to be here. Yeah, yeah. So it's been what uh, almost 20, 20 years, not 20 years, but 17 years, uh, you know, since since we passed out. It's close to two decades. So oh, know, yeah, yeah. basic question that I start all my, uh, you know, chats with. So what have you been up to since 2004? Well, yeah, I mean, uh, it's been a mix. My initial path, uh, career path was, traditionally speaking, a very uh, stable career path. I Correct. spent nine years with a company I joined from campus. Right. That's pretty much an eternity in uh, the MBA parlance, if you may. Uh, I, I did multiple roles there. I, I did uh, <coughs> solutioning. I did business analyst. I did marketing. I did sales roles. I did the practice management, geography opening roles. Lot of customer facing, lot of travel. So phenomenal amount of learning <coughs> from that organization. Hmm. After that, uh, I think that was about spending nine, after spending about nine years there, I was thinking, let's do something. The first mm-hmm. time the bug bit me. I had no clue time. what to do. That is the first time. No <laughs> that was the first time. Yeah, yeah. Right. Huh. But I had, had no clue what to do. So me and a friend decided to start a company and then figure out what we should be doing. Great. And uh, we tried several things. We tried uh, consulting. We tried looking at certain on the product side in terms of what we had. We had some brilliant ideas. One of the ideas we had was around digital payments. This is way back in 2013. But we had no clue how to take it anywhere. Mm -hmm. We tried something, tried to raise money, but could. Well, after a year, I decided to go back to corporate and say, okay, you know what? We'll come back to it at some point in time. Mm -hmm. So this time I joined a company called Campus Management. I worked there for about uh, three and a half years. Uh, part of the APAC team leading the geography for solutions and business development and partner engagement, blah, 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 all a lot of stuff. By 2017, I was like, okay, the clock is running out. Now is the time. And uh, plan to jump back out into the entrepreneurial world again. Hmm. So I gave myself about four to five years to do this. Uh, started experimenting, uh, started talking to people, started figuring out what to do. Uh, Played around with ideas quite diverse. I think one idea was around a healthcare startup, which was more around a healthcare, a voice-based UI for primary healthcare conversations. Essentially, the diagnostic information is pretty structured. Hmm, hmm. But uh, training a doctor to use that information judiciously is expensive and you can't put a doctor for a country as, let's say, as large as India or any, any large country. Hmm, you will hmm. always have a shortage of uh, trained medical personnel there. But right. you can train a paramedic faster. Correct. And if you assist them with the right device and the right intelligence, I mean, it hmm. can be a mobile-based device uh, with AI backing it up. You can drive, make a primary healthcare accessible to a much larger group of people. Hmm. I mean, we know uh, that a lot of challenges that happen on the primary healthcare side is with 
side is misdiagnosis or missed symptoms, hmm. which is something we wanted to cure. But didn't have healthcare background. The concept was too arcane, not too consumer oriented. The market we were trying we were trying to build that in India, so it didn't have the right ecosystem. Hmm. I mean, hmm. you, uh, the the kind of liabilities you would run into, the kind of tech talent you need, the kind of hospital infrastructure that you need. I mean, you ideally would need to work with a teaching college. Correct. Correct. So all of that dissuaded us, and we couldn't take it beyond a paperware and some very very basic prototypes. Hmm. So kind of shelved it. started looking at something else came across a healthcare uh, sorry hr tech idea essentially around uh, the burning need of the day uh, the no shows in the tech industry mm. and figuring out ways how to do that so launched that uh, in the end of 2018 spent about the first half of 2019 building the product and uh, so the second half of 2019 trying to take it to market so by early 2020 we launched the product fully and got about 5 6 pilot customers and then we ran into the pandemic so kind of put it on the cold uh, two months we were just struggling figuring out what to do then we made a pivot we decided to get into the uh, employee engagement and employee benefit space essentially a employee engagement platform and an employee uh, engagement marketplace so went around building that found some well wishers who were willing to back our confidence with some capital of their own did that launched the product sometime early 2021 uh by this time oh yeah there's one more thing which i was uh, pretty deeply invested in and that was a very off track commercial beer venture with uh with another friend of mine that was a, took about almost a year from 2018 mid to about 2019 mid where we got the uh, work through the brewery sign ups my, my uh, co-founder had done most of the work just helping him out with that working on the uh, sales tie ups working on the strategy working on fundraise Came pretty close to launching it, but uh, couldn't at the end because of the uh, fundraise issue. And by the time we reached the market, I think uh, there was the market was a bit saturated, so investor interest was more about pre-revenue. We can't we can't come in, but hmm. post-revenue we could. But that was the chicken and egg because it required a significant investment to even get Correct. it. Correct. Hmm. So by that time that happened, then the HR tech venture was rolling along. Took it 2020. I already spoke about it. Early 2021, I was uh, looking at something else. I mean, because my HR tech venture was pretty uh, strong on the e-commerce side as well, so it kind of picked, uh, reignited my interest in analytics. And hence, uh, with another friend, we sort of launched, soft launched a data and analytics venture, where it was more about productizing analytics for the SMB, starting with digital analytics, but we would look at other sides of it. This business focuses more on data aggregation. as a service as a, as a product and data analytics as a product uh simply addressing the problem for those uh, millions of smbs who are non tech users and while they would love to use data they are mm. not very proficient tech wise and don't have enough people or resources to hire people to do it for them so how do bring how do we bring all of their data into one place and how do we make them make it useful for them that's the idea there mm. so that's the other thing which is going on right okay okay great so you know when i uh, you know uh, hear this uh, story anurag it sounds like you know you were always probably made for the startup world right um, so was this a was this a planned thing right from our mdi days or did it like emerge talk me through that aspect of it i i won't say uh, at least during the mdi days i had no clue about entrepreneurship hmm. and i think uh, financial stability or the ability to take a risk was uh, a big inhibitor i think it was a psychological inhibitor given 
where you know all of us most of us were from middle class hmm. uh, not having exposure to the business world i mean hmm. when we grew up business was something people some people did but most people did a nice cozy stable job correct hmm. right hmm. so uh, leaving a brand name company where you have a stable job and you will probably not be fired hmm. unless hmm. the company really sinks right that was a big decision hmm. but i think around 2011 20 around this was around 2012 where a conversation with a friend who had started something of his own earlier hmm. was the trigger point which got me thinking hmm. Hmm. and also uh, it was uh, it was this whole desire to build something of your own hmm. i think that thing of uh, can we go and build something of our own was hmm. the primary driver right it was balanced out with the need for financial stability and obviously giving ourselves a runway hmm. Hmm. but uh, that's that could be the genesis of it ha huh, once i got into it then it was all experimentation hmm 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 right right yeah <laughs> then it was somebody doing something or you doing something coming up with an idea launching it and run with it that has been the second part of it right the genesis i think was somewhere around say, eight nine years back where i seriously started thinking of doing something Hmm, hmm. And and uh, how was the experience at Wipro? I mean, did it contribute to you thinking on these lines? Uh, was that also instrumental in in? Okay, uh, I I think that that's a very interesting question. So uh, my Wipro stint was uh, I would say one word yes because in Wipro for the last four I mean the second half of my stint with Wipro I was part of a team which launched a new business a new vertical. in geos where wipro hadn't done that in the last 20 years mm-hmm. it was a public sector vertical and i essentially was part of the team that crafted the initial strategy and then executed over 3 and a half 4 years to build it from zero to about a 30 to 40 million dollar runway business over 3 and a half years mm-hmm. okay and doing that was like doing a startup in a large organization Correct. i mean we were talking to customers see when you when, when you are with a company like wipro you you have a very inside out view you automatically assume that everybody would know us i mean we have hmm. 5 billion dollars right <laughs> and then you walk into customers in public sector guys who are like oh so you are with bypro <laughs> <laughs> so the, the the whole idea of building credibility we we had the luxury of being funded by a by a behemoth but in the market we were a startup against companies 1/10th 1/50th our size but entrenched in that domain hmm. so understanding what the market needs and this craft recrafting the entire strategy educating the rest of the organization that was a phenomenal learning experience which did contribute a, uh, in a very significant way to give me that agility hmm. of thinking hmm. customer first and what the market wants is we what you have right right that's a very interesting point that you made anurag there because you talked about how that particular group that you were working with was not like this you know was not representative of a large company right because you were you know trying to establish everything from scratch but then once you quit wipro uh, the the day after when you didn't have the you know the the uh, the sunflower logo on your uh, visiting card how was that experience ah it was uh, it was a it was a very uh, interesting experience i mean because from the day i started my career i had been working that and it was 9 years right so for the first time i didn't know what to do with my monday <laughs> and i had to plan my day out and i had to plan mm. uh, what i'm going to be doing and planning my finances and uh, looking out to uh, reaching out to people i think uh, if i were to jump the question and uh, or answer it in a slightly different way that was the first day i uh, acknowledged the importance of reaching out to people mm-hmm. with no agenda mm. see uh, when when you're back when you're working in an organization you're reaching out to people because it's uh, you know it's a transaction correct hmm. Hmm. and that is something uh, a former mentor and a boss told me 
had told me way back that uh, don't be hesitant in reaching out to people hmm. you think people will not help but if you do reach out to them you'll be surprised because people are very helpful Correct. they would love to help you hmm. Hmm. and i think that was the day i started doing it and i still do it to the day where connections i make let's say on a lunch club or just on linkedin hmm. i've done a significant amount of help going out hmm. of their way just to help out because just right. they like you or just they connect with you hmm. Hmm. i think that was an extra very interesting experience in that moment right right yeah i think that's very similar to you know my uh, take as well that uh, you know it's always about paying it forward Uh, yeah. you know we've all got help from so many people most of the time almost unsolicited right yeah. people are more than willing to uh, help you then oh. it's just your responsibility <laughs> to pass it on to whoever else uh, is lower in the curve right uh, so i think that, that that's something which um, which which is a common thread i've seen across entrepreneurs and very interestingly that also sort of um, you know distinguishes the people who are on their own with uh, you know yeah. people who are in corporate uh, roles right <laughs> absolutely absolutely i was talking to this uh, entrepreneur this is about a month back so i connected with an ex colleague uh, whom i had probably not spoken in 15 years mm-hmm. we were good friends then so we reconnected he's also an entrepreneur right now he connected me to one of his contacts mm-hmm. whom i spoke to on a sunday or a saturday mm-hmm. and that person was so helpful and mm. then we had the exact same conversation mm. that uh, I, i told him that it has been a very brilliant experience for me reaching out to people because people just help mm. so yeah, i think that's the difference between a corporate world and an entrepreneurial world that entrepreneurship is not a zero sum game correct mm. it's there is possible to have a win win mm. where i think in corporates at least i mean I'm not trying to malign any anybody there but there seems to be uh, this prevailing notion that the pie is limited Hmm. But entrepreneurship, there is no pie. You build hmm. the pie, you you, share <laughs> you build your own pie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that's yeah. the difference that comes with. Right, but I I would also add a a caveat to it. Hmm. Uh, you know, like uh, as an entrepreneur, I, like I said, uh, you know, I'm more than happy and shameless to go reach out to people. and i've got help from people in the corporate world right mm-hmm. so many of our batchmates so many of our uh, you know mdi uh, uh, oh, yeah. alumni they all you know go out of their way to help me out uh, but just that yeah uh, they're probably happy uh, you know not asking for themselves right <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that's yeah, the distinction the, the networks are extremely helpful correct I mean that the, the point I said that somebody I was friends with 15 years ago, an ex-colleague, hmm, hmm. was happy to just have a conversation and point me to five different people. Right. So right. those personal connections that you make and any what I've realized is if you have a reference point of a network, whether it is your alumni network, I have reached out to multiple alumni, not hmm. our batch people I've never known. Correct. Hmm. And they have become customers, or they have become extremely helpful. Hmm, hmm. So any of these networks help a lot. Right, and right. I, th- I think, as I see, I, I think we, I was just being a little harsh towards, as you know, to do the comparison. I think that uh, the corporate thing happens more within an organization rather right. than an outside person reaching. Right. Yeah. Yeah. True. That that is that I think is reflective of the organization culture, hmm. which many many organizations are now working very actively to change. Correct. I mean, they are fostering internal collaboration inter- instead of internal competition. Hmm. 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 Right. That is a change which is which is happening now. 
Correct, correct. So, one more question that um, you know came to mind, Anurag, when you were talking about your journey. Um, at various points, uh, you know, like in 2014, then when you you know had that uh, you know microbrewery project, uh, you know, uh, what did it feel like? You know, when when you actually said, okay, I'm going to move on from this project uh, because that is something which I also uh, uh, feel that people who have not uh, made that jump that is one day that they fear that uh, oh if it, things don't work out then what right so if you can talk to me through you know those experiences it may just help somebody uh, you know to envision what life can be like <laughs> and absolutely got it get it yeah i, I think uh, the experience of something not working out is gutting hmm. i mean it 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 kind of hits you at a level where you start wondering if Every one of your decisions over the past few years was right or not. Correct. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's the reality of it. Mm-hmm. You you would have faced it. I have faced it. Yes. And I think uh, it, but it also does accrue a lot of wisdom to you. Mm-hmm. A bit of equanimity, if you may, that you start looking at things in a more balanced, distance perspective. Mm-hmm. After the initial uh, setback passes away, of course. Mm-hmm. And you can't be an author, You you can't be doing this if you're not passionate about it. Correct. That's, that's mm-hmm. also very true. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think what I have formed as as a belief system is that uh, we all take chances in life. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, to quote a cliche, you can never connect dots going forward. Yeah. Correct. I mean, mm-hmm. you will look back. I mean, if I uh, if I uh, link it to a larger theory about evolution, mm-hmm. we only see paths that succeeded. Hmm. Or paths failed, paths that we have discovered, but there are millions of those unknown paths we never discovered. Right. Hmm. Where we end up, we can't control. Hmm. So there is an uncontrollable, there is a control. But uh, if you are down and if 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 you you know if you're set, if you're facing setbacks, I think it's very important to still uh, keep looking at ways. I mean, keep, keep keeping hope for the for a, in a very cliched way. But I think keep looking out for things that can work. Because mm. there's, there's all, you know, we are not in a static place. I think it's important to look back and recognize that we have done stuff in life. We have capabilities. Right. right? And from there on, uh, talking to people always helps. Mm. Just talk mm. to your network, talk to your series of friends, talk to your partners, talk to your life partners if, you have a, if you're married or, or so on. And uh, keep, let, keep talking, keep letting it out. Mm. Don't let it burn you down. Mm. Okay. Don't do no, it. Will weigh you down. I mean, as as, we, as I always say, it will bring bring you down to your knees. Don't don't say if you're down on your knees, you you can't get back up. Right, so you will right. figure out. But the way to do that is uh, to be reaching out to people, mm. uh, to to be talking around, to keep looking at things which kind of take you in a different direction. It could be travel. It mm. could be reading. It could be working on something different. So a different idea. Mm. Like mm. for me, what works is if I am feeling really okay, nothing can happen. I'll probably pick up a. Uh, a quantum physics books and start reading it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I am not a travel guy, so it may not be that. If I, why don't you go for a solo trip? I said that's not my thing. Right. My thing is, I'll, I'll probably read a, a, nice, a nice intellectual book and get my mm-hmm. brain firing on that. Mm-hmm. But I'll, I'll meet a couple of friends with whom we can debate ideas. Mm-hmm. So we all find our own ways of moving forward. Right. But do realize that. Uh, the world gives you many, many chances. Hmm. And this is a very, very, I mean, I'll bring up something which is maybe 16, 17 years old, an incident with a then senior colleague of mine who was probably at my stage of life, that the stage of life that I am right now. 
and me being in my 20s and idealistic or whatever he says you know you only get one shot and all he says <laughs> forget the you know insert a bit of beeps in french he says uh, you get many shots in life right okay you just have to keep going forward and figuring out things mm-hmm. things will happen mm-hmm. things will happen you will change tracks it may not you may not reach where you want it to reach mm-hmm. okay you may not get if you have that singular dream that you want to achieve from day 1 may or may not achieve mm-hmm. right <laughs> and if you look at most uh, successful on the ventures i don't think anybody has achieved the dream of what they wanted on day 1 correct <laughs> it's a narrative always brings uh, builds once you are right. looking backward and you okay you know what about the speed fits well and that's how you <laughs> see have that perspective mm-hmm. but <clears throat> keep looking at chances right keep right. trying mm-hmm. you guys in a really good place where uh, there was a bunch of three of us three of similar 20 mid 20s guys and having a drink and this we got this feed we got this brilliant insight that you guys have enough capability and if you keep moving forward you will figure things out mm-hmm. so i think that's important right right yeah i think one thing um, you know that i've always felt is sometimes we feel we have been pushed into a corner while there is no such corner you know you have enough leg room is just that you're you know thinking you're assuming that you've been uh, you know pushed into a corner and then you end up taking some decisions because you feel you have to do that right yeah. so yeah right that, and that push, getting pushed into a corner can be a very uh, emotional reaction correct it could hmm. be with your co-founders it could be with a customer it could be with your team members hmm. who have i have been there personally i have been there right uh, and i think the only thing that works is uh, first take a step back i think i was reading this book called chatter which is about those insane mental conversations mm-hmm. that we have mm-hmm. and it says the same thing that you you create a perspective by looking at it either from a different vantage point or a different person's vantage point mm-hmm. and second have conversations not arguments with people correct mm-hmm. things will always get bad mm-hmm. things will always get heated mm-hmm. but have those inter- have those more balanced conversations with people Hmm. and give room for doubt i mean give room to the other person give room to yourself right. don't back it yourself into a corner don't push the other person into a corner as well hmm 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 right yeah yeah so um, I, i i don't know if you uh, heard that conversation with harsh uh, you know that i uh, posted some time back so hmm. I, i again it's it's a different kind of a story but i draw a lot of parallels because hmm. he actually moved to netherlands and uh, he had to sort of reinvent himself because he had to start from scratch and that's where he found out that nobody cared about you know mbi or whatever no <laughs> so he had to really you know start from uh, low down in the value chain in the corporate ladder uh, show the kind of value that he could deliver uh, because he had you know taken that step of moving to a complete foreign country where you know his but but i think what he also mentioned there was that he could um, you know think back to his experience with icici with the you know times the kind of things that he did he said if i you know did those things i can you know get through <laughs> today oh, as yeah, well yeah. so <laughs> yeah i mean i i'll tell you uh, during the pandemic and this is very recent this is only about year and a half old during the pandemic we were at a stage where uh, we didn't have enough cash in the bank hmm because the projected revenue stream had all dried up correct and we had to figure out what to do so and i i think see uh, one thing which uh, i have learned in life is there's no shame going back to the starting line correct starting correct line. go yeah. back to the starting line go figure out hmm. you will get there yes i mean when see when when we are in 20s and somebody tells us 
uh, there's no rat race you're only competing against yourself we're like mm-hmm. ah boss this is yeah yeah you're just saying that but once you reach there you realize it actually is not correct correct i mean what do you compete with people against mm-hmm. you're competing on the brand they're working with or you're competing on the comp they're getting or you're competing with the titles they hold or so on or the people they manage right mm-hmm. but do you even want that what gives you a kick what and when i say kick it's more about where you uh, your internal capabilities your attitude your way of working hmm. all synergizes right right and i have discovered that in the last uh, few years hmm. what is my that synergistic point hmm. which works hmm. for me correct correct look at that yeah 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 so um, if you can talk about what you are currently doing the two companies that you are running hmm. under, uh, you know uh, what space I mean, are they in and Uh, sure, sure i mean i i'm only one of the co-founders in both of them so uh, <laughs> uh, being being very very uh, real on that part right so the first venture is the hr tech venture uh, the idea that it started was to drive uh, talent engagement candidate engagement uh, to reduce the number of no shows that happen in the tech industry hmm. uh, we branched into employee engagement and employee benefits uh, during the pandemic we had to do a bit of a pivot the whole idea is to you have a tech enabled platform uh call it essentially employee engagement candidate crms if you may with good enough data analytics behind it to help understand what is working and what is not working now the problem is uh, right now the current problem is that there is a pool there there is a set of skills which are in very high demand because of uh, the acceleration of uh, digital transformation and the whole wave of uh, newly funded unicorns in india Hmm. they are drawing all the talent where all of that talent where many of the established companies are struggling so how do we look at one in a short term measuring the phenomena and uh, con- improving conversions as we can and over long term what can we bring as strategy changes hmm. is it a change to your organizational branding is it a change to your uh, engagement strategy is it a change on your sourcing strategy what are the things that you should be focusing on that's the intent of that particular hyalu product the engage loop product is more focused on um, one driving employee engagement in this new era in terms of more, a bit of gamification a bit of rewards and recognition and backending it with a, a marketplace platform where you can con- uh, offer your employees a much more assorted range instead of just a, a gift voucher or a uh, card you can mm. offer them more experience based things essentially emphasizing behaviors that you want to induce if you mm. want your employees to be to be fit instead of just giving them a voucher can you direct them to a can you give them let's say a number of points and direct them to a place where they can use those points in in more innovative constructive in interesting ways mm. if you mm. want to encourage reading or if you if you want to encourage leisure time could you give something like that so mm. that's mm. the hr tech venture which is covering that the analytics venture <coughs> datafact.io is more focused on enabling analytics for the non tech audience in the smb world so right now we are focusing on the digital analytics sector uh, the idea is one uh, every digital business i mean you how many how many marketing channels do you use right i'm asking you okay so we use everything from newsletters to ads to linkedin telegram bunch of things right i mean mm. do you are you able to see all of this data into one place no no that's the biggest struggle yeah. Yeah. would you like to yeah i definitely <laughs> would you pay for it a small fee per month yes right? yes yeah that's that's a product we are building hmm hmm essentially for mid sized businesses who are using digital transformation either for customer acquisition or customer conversion the commerce bit of it they want to see this data because they are advertising both organic and paid advertising across 7 to 10 15 different channels hmm 
but they are not able to see they typically download or have somebody who downloads all of this data and excel sheet combines into one face and we're just automating this process as a starting point hmm. then hmm. we will look at enriching this data going forward in terms of what you can do with this data hmm. data hmm. aggregation analytics and then data actions okay. that's the path that we are following all right yeah so my first question is uh, how do you wear these two different hats well i actually have very different colored hats for both <laughs> in the hr tech one i'm more on the product and operations side hmm. here i'm more on the market and the gtm side of it right right so how does that translate to in your you know the, the schedule for the day do you say that okay monday is this company or do you say half of this is this how do you uh, do that i i think okay so that's a great question and that has been a brilliant learning in the last 5 years hmm. is how do i enable people hmm. i am hmm. basically an enabler Hmm. I've I've built a team in my HR tech one. We have a team here. I just enable them. Hmm. My value comes in with whatever experience I have, if I may, hmm. is able to see things maybe let's say five steps ahead, hmm. plan it out, train these guys to execute, and then they can execute. Hmm. Hmm. Fortunately, all of us, all the both the markets are right now India markets, so I don't have that time zone things. But once right. that creeps in, it will happen. But hmm. Uh, hmm. right now, it's able. To, I'm able to do that because uh, a lot of co- working remotely. Uh, we are able to have more flexibility in terms of how we schedule this. Mm-hmm. Right, right, yeah. And and how big is your team on on in both the, the companies? So uh, the HR tech one, that's about thirty five people overall. Mm-hmm. And this one is the ten people as of now. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. So that's that's great. So what is your biggest challenge as of today? Okay, see, I I think the biggest challenge is finding the right people. Hmm. uh because right now where we are in either of these ventures uh we need people who can create that exponential impact uh they will get great mentorship from the teams we have both both the teams are fairly experienced founders hmm. both of my startups but uh, how do we get that uh, right people in hmm. Hmm. both on the tech and the non tech side is i think our biggest challenge hmm. Hmm. because hmm. we know what needs to be done but we right. are constrained by our own bandwidth and be relatively advanced years if i may that <laughs> you see we can get hands on right now mm-hmm. but the challenge with getting hands on is we will lose sight of the picture mm-hmm. which is more detrimental to the organizations correct mm-hmm. so again lesson learned as part of the journey so the biggest challenge i always see is finding the right talent that can help drive this mm-hmm. right yeah so what does your regular day look like how does your day start when does it end does it end Oh yeah, 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 I mean, yeah, wo, I have realized burnouts are not glamorous at all. Hmm. See, I used to be the guy who would travel uh, like crazy. Hmm. I mean, one week I would probably hop across uh, two countries or two continents and calls any time and whatever, whatever. Hmm. Hmm. Now, would hunt for lounges with Wi-Fi access way back in 2012 to just have be able to check and reply to emails. Hmm. Hmm. I was doing that 10 years back. Uh, I don't think it works anymore. Hmm. i think uh, that fatigue that drops your productivity is extremely uh, it's very important to know that when you are hitting that point hmm. but they typically starts around 9 8:30 9 in the morning and we finish by 7:30 hmm. uh, calls and everything that that kind of plays around hmm. uh, otherwise uh, i i kind of we i think both side both in our teams we break that startup cliche of you have to work yourself to death Hmm. Uh, we don't want to work ourselves to death. We want to be here, enjoy. Right. Even if it's a little lesser, we will enjoy it. That's Correct. fine. Yeah. But be more output focus more on outcomes than outputs. Hmm. Hmm. So, 
can we my value for example comes in if we if we get into a customer conversation which is extremely tricky which is especially tricky because there are too many people coming up with questions hmm, hmm. my value is that i can understand their perspective having been there understanding what we are trying to do and navigate a solution hmm, hmm. going forward i leave it to the team to execute the solution in bit bring them up to another level give them the supervision but then make them learn make let them make mistakes i think overbearing control does not work i right. mean it doesn't work for me hmm, so hmm. i kind of follow that path hmm, hmm. right and and um, if you look back at you know what we did at uh, mda uh, how do you think those two years of you know mba education are helping you today Uh, that's a tough one because it's been a very long time doing that, and I haven't thought about this in a in a in a very long time. Very, mm-hmm. I think uh, a few things helped was uh, it sort of gave a structure. I mean, see what we learned as textbooks were was I'm, I'm pretty sure most people agree was textbook. I mean, except mm-hmm. for the finance guys, and I'm not a finance guy. Mm-hmm. I think it gave a structure how to make sense of the world. Mm-hmm. So when we start in an organization. we come with an advantage of putting activities into buckets that oh we are doing this this is gtm hmm hmm now we need to it gives a structure okay so now we need to find out somebody who has experience in this hmm that starting point where not everything looks to be a jumble and you don't know where to fit these puzzle pieces i think that's one of the biggest learnings critical thinking is another uh giving all the gds and giving all the presentations and debates that we had in our classrooms and facilitation discussions and so on it gives us the ability i've had the advantage of being able to facilitate conversations from fairly early days in my career mm-hmm. i think that's that's the takeaway that i had from it mm-hmm. a big one because okay. i would be was able to understand different points of view and facilitate those conversations with people 10 years my senior at that mm-hmm. point in time mm-hmm. right yeah those yeah. those things were work ethic i think work uh, i think rmdi had a fairly uh, high degree of self responsibility if i may hmm. uh, i mean we, during our time we hardly had any rules right hmm. correct yeah you, you could go in go out we, i remember 4 or 4 am in the morning you we were getting those parathas and stuff like that right? <laughs> so that ability to be very self disciplined i mean you know what your boundaries are hmm. if you cross it you are in for a big penalty but as long as you are in there nobody is going to come and regulate you hmm. that hmm. Uh, has been a uh, sort of a defining motive throughout my career as well right right yeah and i think another big chunk of your professional working career has been the stint with wipro so if i ask yeah. you the same question about the 9 years at wipro what would you say you know the biggest learnings were wipro is one of the most ethical and integral integrity driven organizations i've worked hmm hmm i worked only with two but i think that stays with you uh wipro had some really brilliant people uh when i started my career with it was a it was an absolute joy to work with them uh not very micromanaged so we had the freedom to try a lot of stuff here and there hmm. i mean there there were there were some uh, sh- they obviously every organization has some flaws and uh, those i have seen in terms of uh, i think shouldn't have a very static thinking uh, one one thing and i don't know how critical it is but i'll just say i've been out in the market not looking to go back I think uh, one shift which I see, saw happen during my time with Wipro was the IT services business uh, or the industry per se and the customer requirements moved from being a services requirement to a tech requirement. Mm-hmm. The organizations were a little slow in adapting to that mm-hmm. from the very top. I think the change which has happened is a purely manager-driven 
workspace has changed to a very domain managerial workspace which wipro may have been a little slow hmm. in understanding hmm hmm right yeah. they have they have adapted i think they have adapted now they have made a good pivot in the last couple of years that's a great thing but hmm. they as an organization everybody knows wipro struggled for a while hmm. trying to get traction into the market right right yeah so, so overall, if i think it's, sorry overall i think a brilliant experience working there hmm uh, great people i work with uh, great bosses still friends with many of them all in all right yeah yeah so if you were to um, you know advise somebody who is just completing their mba and is going to get into a company like wipro you know one of these big it services company which in its name it's still a services company but like you say it's changed a lot right the demands are very different so what would your advice be to you know someone like that i think uh, anybody who's graduating out of a college a b school or mdi or any any college right now hmm. i think they have enough opportunities in the market to look at figuring out what works for them hmm. uh the the dimensions they could evaluate is are they a large organization person or a mid size small organization person mm-hmm. see if you are a very uh, unconventional thinker if you're not really fond of rules do you really want to go and start your career with a large organization hmm or the first three of three years of your career are better spent experimenting i mean see there are enough and more early stage funded startups that will give you that chance hmm hmm taking the unconventional route is a luxury people have now that probably you and i didn't have 15, 17 18 years earlier hmm hmm we may have but i think we were too chicken if you may i was at least chicken hmm, hmm. <laughs> doing that but we we got we, we grew our wings as we grew older older hmm. so we're still here right right but i think for the for the younger lot uh, the focus on learning the focus on experimenting the focus on discovering where they fit hmm, hmm. extremely extremely important right by taking life has become that in in almost everything in life finding your fit finding what i called this what i said earlier today is synergy hmm, hmm. is where your energies your efforts will find the maximum output right. should be the first task hmm, once you hmm. figure that you can go deep into that and learn 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 hmm, you can keep hmm. shifting but once you identify where you fit right right yeah yeah i think the danger uh, is always going to be what you were saying earlier right that when you are in your 20s uh, you have this different notion of the world and yourself Uh, mm. it's only after 10 15 years of grind is when you realize that no what those you know seniors were actually telling <laughs> was right <laughs> absolutely <laughs> but I, then you I, have to I, make those mistakes before you uh, you know grow mature right <laughs> no not i i think uh, one thing which has changed now is changing now is even the youngsters have become wise enough about asking for guidance and help Correct. i think in our in our times a few people did it it wasn't hmm. popular it, it wasn't that well known but i think the smartest ones amongst us hmm. did that hmm hmm uh, we we were i at least i was too pig headed to do it hmm. i, I hmm. always admit that right uh, but i think at this stage the best thing a 25 year old or 23 year old could do is talk to people who are hmm. 10 15 years they are the senior and just ask them their view of the world right right don't ask somebody what you should be doing with your life correct i, I think we are the only ones we can answer that question right but ask for what they see the world as and mm, can they mm. help them with their thinking mm, mm, so mm. i so i very interestingly i uh, had an intern from mdi last year mm-hmm. around this time september october november december you are doing an hr tech project hr project mm. and we we got an intern coming from mdi mm. and i think it was a fantastic experience i mean uh, the smarts i saw in that particular person 
were way more than I had when I was hmm. graduating, right? So, right. Hmm. And I was happy to give that person a good amount of advice. I hmm. gave her a good amount of advice on what unsolicited or solicited, I don't remember. Hmm. Hmm. But in terms of uh, whatever she should be looking at in terms hmm. of hmm. her career and work. Hmm. And hmm. I realized that is something that they should be looking at. I mean, that's where all your internships and everything, your mentors come. Correct. Hmm. So hmm. they should be looking at that. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, we'll come to the last section, uh, Anurag, where I'm going to ask you some uh, questions. Uh, mm. You know, we, we spoke a lot about, uh, you know, the, the startup world, the mm. fit of a person, uh, you know, to different kinds of uh, organizations. Um, I'm going to ask you a very cynical question. What's the most MBA thing that you do today? Wow. What is the most MBA thing? Uh, I, I actually, there are too many of MBA things I think I always do. But I think I do make PPTs. <laughs> I was expecting that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I have realized that the best way for me to uh, structure my thoughts is still make a PPT. Right. <laughs> it started It started from MBA, but has part, been part of the corporate career. Hmm. But hmm. Uh, that is it. But it works. Right. At least I think it works. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What's the first uh, app that you open? In the morning. Uh, WhatsApp. WhatsApp, is it? Okay. Uh, what's an underrated skill that everyone should work on? Networking. Networking. And and any quick tips about how people can get better at networking? Just reach out to people. Try. Hmm, hmm. See, the, the biggest hesitation we have, I had, was uh, reaching out to people even five years ago hmm. in my corporate life. Right. But I think uh, people think that if you reach out to 10 people, maybe two will reply. Hmm, hmm. At least reach out to 10 and right. then make that number. Correct. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, what's your superpower? Uh, superpower, brilliant one. I think it's the ability to work with a very diverse set of people and still make things happen. Okay, okay. That's uh, that is a superpower, I would say. Uh, what would you have been doing if not MBA, if not MDI? Uh, can I just take a few steps back, and I would tell you, I would have gone and worked as a theoretical physicist somewhere. Right. <laughs> okay. I, I was going to come to the next question now, and this is a good segue to uh, the next question. You know, what's your, um, you know, if like people have comfort food, right? Uh, you uh, mentioned reading quantum physics. So what do you, you know, do if you have time? You know, if you have time, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Reading for what? Uh, either it's reading or I'll go for a jog or a run. Hmm. These are two things I would do. Hmm. Reading is a, reading is brilliant on many counts. One, it just helps focus the mind because now right. you're shut off from everything else. You're not looking at your phone, not looking at everything else. Second, it kind of uh, the kind of reading I like to do uh, gets you stimulate your mind. Hmm. So I would I, I can be weird. I can I'll go read about uh, human evolution. I'll go read from a genetic point of view, from a society, societal point of view. I'll go read about astrophysics and the theory of uh, time and uh, the space time and the theory of relativity or theory of multiverses. I'll go read about quantum physics in terms of the Higgs boson and stuff like that. Hmm. I'll go read about political sciences. I'll go read biographies. Anything, essentially for me, reading becomes a thing which kind of opens my perspective. 
framework to think mm-hmm. about. In fact, I'll just make an unsolicited recommendation. I'm not sure have you if you have read the Team of Rivals. Team of Rivals. Link is biography by Doris Kearns. Good. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. I've read that. How he actually put together his first cabinet, right? Uh, yeah. I I think it's a brilliant read hmm. for any business guy. Correct, correct. Because it it actually tells you say two or three things. Remember, I said something about uh, when you are fo- building a startup, focus on what the market wants. Hmm. hmm. Lincoln takes it to politics and says, if an idea, you cannot have any revolutionary idea go unless the public is already warmed up to it. Right. It's exactly, mm-hmm. it's like, that's the connection. You, mm-hmm. If you're a business leader or a politician, you have to also con- consider what the market wants, what your, what your constituents want. Right, right. So I always recommend it to people and I find it a brilliant book for mm-hmm. any segment. Correct, correct. Uh, and, and besides this, any other, you know, books, people websites, movies that are big influences on you? Uh, books, there are a lot many. I think Team of Rivals is one. Uh, and uh, Einstein's biography was brilliant for me to read. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What, which was this? Uh, I recently finished uh, No Rules. Uh, that's mm-hmm. that one. Uh, too many of them actually. Uh, oh, which was this one? Uh, I can't remember. Uh, it was uh no, no no not siege of background it was good but it was not uh, hmm. it isn't gone to that level hmm. uh, I'll, I'll have to think i'm forgetting that one or two uh, really really good ones which i kind of uh, reflect back on hmm. movies uh, i mean i'm a big fan of superhero genre so hmm. look at that uh, hmm. i think the dark knight trilogy is uh, continues <laughs> to be my all-time favorite right <laughs> <laughs> and i think the story arc of that uh, in terms of uh, See, we all tend to don those superhero capes at times. Hmm, like hmm. We love, we love being doing that. Right. I think understanding that in the right context of what you can do and what you can't, and where hmm. you still need people around you, hmm. is important. Hmm, Especially hmm. in business, uh, when you're working with smaller teams, we all tend to get into that mode that must instead of I I have to take the mantle and run with it. Hmm, hmm. But you, I think that that's flawed thinking. Hmm, I think hmm. the onus is on. While you may take the lead, one should always bring the people along so that it's more durable. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that that yeah. kind of becomes the key. Yeah. I think there's an excellent article which we share in our daily reader, uh, you yeah. know, reading compound about how Stanley was yeah. brilliant at putting together a fantastic team and then giving them the autonomy of, you know, doing things by themselves. So Stanley was probably a, a great management guru uh, and that side of his is not that well known. Uh, Stanley so, who? Uh, Stanley who? I forget. I Stanley the the. Oh, Stanley. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So, so you know, I was reminded of that when you when you mentioned about you know how doing that you know being the superhero is not the best thing to do <laughs> in in real life, right? <laughs> yeah, it doesn't work out. I mean, it's see, it's going back to the Dark Knight, right? Uh, you either die a hero, you live Correct. long enough to be yourself a villain. <laughs> see, it, it's it's so true that right. you cannot host your, yourself on that perch and says, you know what, I'm going to carry everybody around. You can't. Right. Yeah. Nobody yeah. can. Correct. Correct. And, and I think that is the reason why the Dark Knight trilogy appeals uh, so much because it suddenly humanized the whole thing, right? Even it's though he's yes, even though you are talking of a, a superhero. It's, yeah. it's you know very uh, you know basic emotions that you're talking about. Yeah, it's very very emotionally layered and Correct. complex. So yeah. and that that's my kind of stuff. Uh, the more uh, nuanced intellectual stuff works mm-hmm. for me. Right. 
<laughs> okay, slightly morbid one now. Uh, if you were to write your own obituary, what would it sound like? Well, I think uh, it would sound something like high energy, tried a lot of things. Well, we'll miss it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I think I, I think if I were to look at my defining traits, uh, the way I see my defining traits, I think uh, the con- constant quest to learn, a very high energy, uh, the view always this uh, notion that things are still unfinished and there's no finishing line. You keep going towards mm-hmm. it because if you reach the finishing line, obviously you're writing that obituary. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. Those are the things, and I think. Uh, well, that's more so more my peers and friends and colleagues and ex-workers can say. But I think somebody that they could depend on. Right, right. All right. I think that that's uh, great. Final question. Uh, since 2004, what has changed and what has remained the same? Ah, okay. What has changed and what has remained the same? Right. Uh, I think my, I've lost a lot of hair. That's <laughs> the most visual one. Uh, I think I've become... Uh, I've changed from being a loner to a more people person. I've mm-hmm. uh, figured out how to collaborate and work with people. That's one. Uh, I think there is a lot more patience now. In fact, uh, it's it's complete. Uh, it's a complete reversal where somebody who knew me in 2004 would have found me very uh, impatient, quick-tempered, if you may. Mm-hmm. To now that I am the guy who can, who's the paragon of uh, patience in that sense. I mean, you know, the most. Tenacious and patient. I have mm-hmm. my inbounds of uh, impatience, but still there. And also one of uh, a very, very even-tempered somebody who can who doesn't get agitated and angry quickly, mm-hmm. except when I'm driving. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I keep a very uh, level head. I think right. that has been the biggest transformation. Right. On that note, we hope that you don't get into you know the the next uh, episode that I do is not with the uh, Indira Nagarka Gunda. You know, waving the cricket bat at other drivers. That's the fun part. If you roll up your windows and curse out within the car, you're very polite and patient because it doesn't affect your driving. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's a, so, it's a, yeah, I mean, this is a joke I've made for the last 12-15 years is be like a pressure cooker. When you're feeling under the pressure, go out, let the steam out, make some noise. Right. Then come back and get back to the job. Yeah. Don't explode. Yes, don't explore. I, I, I think I think managing that stress uh, at all times is extremely important in professional life because stress will happen. Mm-hmm. Things will break. People will not live up to your insane expectations. Things will just go uh, go kaboom when you least expected it. Mm-hmm. But they, uh, we had one deal going on uh, where the night before uh, the guy who was running the laptop, his laptop crashed. Okay. And everything mm-hmm. wasn't it. Mm-hmm. Beat that with a stick. Right. <laughs> what do you do? So I think right. uh, the ability to just let that uh, channel that anger mm-hmm. out, mm-hmm. whichever way works for you, mm-hmm. is extremely important for you to be for one to be able to come back and start doing the stuff that's re- really required. And right. keeping right. an eye on things that really need to be done mm-hmm. is important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put your uh, head down and uh, you know keep working. Stay calm. <laughs> Stay calm. I mean, yeah. uh, go out, make some noise, come back. Correct. <laughs> Always remember the pressure cooker. Yes, yes. Yeah, I think that that's uh, the most concrete thing I'm going to take away from this conversation, Anurag. Uh, be the pressure cooker, uh, and and yeah, that's that's I think that's going to be the most uh, you know sticky <laughs> one that I'm going to take out of this. 
<laughs> see that that that's another superpower just giving a messaging <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> that's a joke word yeah yes on that note anurag uh, this was fantastic thanks a lot for your time uh, and and uh, this is great i i'm sure this is going to be very useful for anyone who's looking at a career like this right because uh, there are a lot of these points where there are these questions there are these doubts you are wondering uh, you know how and what uh, and just listening to some stories some anecdotes like these uh, may just you know show some light to someone uh, we don't know we just hope <laughs> yeah i think i think we all find inspiration from the most unlikeliest of sources so right yeah that works Oh, but nice. I, think, I think it was fantastic catching up with you. Great yes. to do this. 